all know about sports. Now, you are now, you are now, you are now, you are now listening to the best damn sports podcast. Period. 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 Welcome back, everyone, to the What Do Women Know About Sports podcast. I am Brie Nicole. And I'm Vicky D. What's up, Victoria? Nothing much, nothing much. You know, we, I mean, so listen, we're not really still on lockdown per se. I know everything, yeah, I'm not either. So everything here in Missouri, well, in St. Louis, opened up on May 18th, but yeah, people, yeah. yeah, so, you know, people were already at the Galleria. Ridiculous. You know, lines out the dough, uh, spots full, like, ridiculous. Listen, here's my thing with that. I'm letting the first batch of people go out as like test dummies, you, you know? Yeah. Right. Because listen, if you watch the video, these eyebrows looking real messy, but I'm, I'm not trying to die over bad eyebrows. So, <laughs> I can wait two more weeks. It's not worth luckily, it. Luckily, I can do two more weeks. Right. I mean, luckily, I can do my own hair and nails and feet, so I'm good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> trying to make it. <laughs> I was gonna talking be okay. to my cousin and like, and me and my cousin have been talking about getting our eyebrows done for like the past two weeks. And like, we struggling, but we don't want to die about it either. So we it ain't working. Yeah, Y'all can it's wait. It ain't working. Nope. I'm definitely going to wait <laughs> two more weeks. I, I am. <laughs> well, we'll see if there are new, or if there are any new cases that spike yeah. up. Woo-hoo. Ish, I believe it will because when Georgia opened, like they instantly had new cases, instantly. Yeah, yeah. So it is. What it is you know, let's just see what happens. <laughs> um, some exciting news about us. If you do not know, we have merchandise. Yes. Merchandise. Nope. Got got shirts. You know, we got hats. So you know. You got to go on our Instagram, uh, where do women know about sports? Click on the link in the bio. You can get your merch. Get you some merch. because Come support the girls. Because you need t-shirts and hats to live in. (laughs) I love a good hat. Me too. I love a good t-shirt. Love a good t-shirt. So yeah, just go out and support. Just click on the link. It takes you right there. Buy you a couple shirts, a couple hats, or just buy you one shirt, one hat. I, doesn't matter. Just just buy. Hey. Just buy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and this is what I'm going to do. Um if you buy the merchandise and you take a picture of yourself in it and you tag us in it, post you on a, I'll post you on social media. We'll shout you out. We give you a little shout out, you know, blast you. Who doesn't like a good social media blast? So yeah. Um, all right. The main event. The last the last dance is over. Oh, I was so upset. Like so when they sad. showed the tenth episode, I'm just like, oh my god, is it over? No. We need like ten more of these. <laughs> we need like ten more because like I want to know about like what I wanna like what did he do like when he went to Washington? Like what was that stage? Like you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like I know, but I wanna like the behind the scenes. Like what was that stage like in your Well life? yeah, I mean that would be a whole nother title, a whole nother thing, because the last dance yeah. was specifically about the last the, year. The Bulls. Yeah. Right. So I guess- and all the years that led up to the ninety seven, ninety eight season. So I mean yeah. I'm really sad that it's off though. Like I'm really like it's like I was so invested for ten episodes. Oh my god, it was incredible. Like that it was miniseries incredible. should win something. It gotta win something. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, seriously. And yeah. then so so we heard on ESPN, and then I I noticed that um a commercial was so I saw a commercial that was advertising the next like thirty for thirty series. Oh, that's gonna be good. 
Like the one about Lance Armstrong is going to be amazing. It's it's going and to the be one, one about yeah, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire. I'm watching that one because like oh, I was oh definitely. I remember that era. Like, we grew Mark up McGuire watching them Jimmy. play. Yeah, like <laughs> like for us, like being from St. Louis and Mark McGuire playing her, he was that. And guy. Chicago being our arch nemesis, like I'm watching yeah. it. So that, that please check day. that out. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what the other ones were. So, so I know for a fact, I know for a fact they show three. It's the Lance Armstrong one. It's the one about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, and it is another one. But I, I know, I forgot. One. Oh, I think it's Jet Lee. It is Jet Lee. Oh no, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. I'm Bruce sorry, Lee. it's Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Jet Lee. <laughs> I might watch. Sorry, it's Bruce Lee. I might watch that one too because, like, yeah. Like I've never heard his story before. Like so, so like so. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, those would be those would be good. I, I miss the thirty for thirties. I love it. My yep. favorite thirty for thirty is the one about the University of Miami. That's a really good one. Really, mine is actually the one about the Lakers and the Celtics. That was I watched good that one too. Yeah, I watched that, that one. That favorite. one was really good, and that one was really mm-hmm. good. But like the very first one I saw that got me into like thirty for thirty was the mm-hmm. one about the University of Miami when they were a powerhouse. It is okay, what, amazing. What part? It's, so it's the University of Miami. It's college football. It's called the U. Oh, okay. It's like legit amazing. Like I was, and I've seen it probably three or four times. I would go back and watch it like I've never seen it. Hmm. I, okay. And I also like the one. I'm not sure if it was a 30 for 30 or just a, or just a documentary, but it was on Peyton Manning and his family. That's a really good one too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. If if you don't watch 30 for 30, please. Like it's great documentary wow, yeah, for a awesome. lot of amazing people. Mm-hmm. So let's just jump right in. So- Man, we got to get into the to the good stuff. So we we already talked about episodes one through six. Right. right. Okay. So now we're gonna dive in. To episode seven through ten, okay. Yes, yes. All right. It, it was a lot, lot going on in seven and eight. <laughs> okay, it, okay, it was. It was. It was a lot. But so episode seven, it started out. Well, episode seven in general was basically about Michael's relationship with his dad. Listen, I was a mess. <laughs> I was a mess. Listen, especially toward the end of the episode. <laughs> Man, when he was on the floor balling, I was a mess. So, so, so here's the thing. So, like, so, you know, in the previous episode, like you stated how uh, many people did not like Michael Jordan and they probably still don't because right? they feel he was a jerk and he was mean. But An for me, like, I didn't feel, yeah. And so for me, I stated previously, I didn't feel like that. But episode seven it gave you more of the human side of him. His dad right. was like his that's his dad. Like his friend, his best friend. Like his dad was there for like like almost every game, like the like the big games that mattered. We all saw him when he was there when he won his first championship. Like that's a moment. And yeah. for his dad to like die the way that he passed, oh my God. Yeah. Um and a lot of what I didn't like was that people blamed him, blamed Michael for his death. Like for the gambling stuff, like, please don't do that. This is already a tragic moment. Don't layer on like more dirt on top of that. Don't don't do that. Right. This man is grieving. I want to blame him <laughs> and had no evidence connecting him to it. Like, stop. Right. Like, y'all just hating at this point because this dude is unstoppable. Like, that's why I hate the media. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. But it was um, so for me on what I so it was it was a great episode. And mainly because it made him more human. It showed him having feelings. Um yeah. I'm not gonna say that I liked when he cried, but it sh- it showed he had emotion. Like you see him leave the lock you see him leave the court after they won the I believe it was the nineties it was a, the ninety five ninety six championship. He he falls on the floor and like the way he was heaving and breathing, you just knew that he was carrying a lot of weight. He was carrying yeah. all of that. 
like he was carrying like everything like that had been thrown to him um on like i guess like when he um, retired at 93 season his his time playing the baseball and people saying so, he wasn't great at that it was a lot yeah yeah so and this was on father's day which made it even worse so they played yeah, on father's day <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have played. I probably wouldn't have played. But I'm. But I'm knowing sure. Michael, he would have played for him. So I understood that. Yeah. Like, if if that would have happened to me, I would have. You know what I'm saying? So did it for him. So to win this, this, this would have. Well, this was the first championship that he's won without his dad. So the yeah. dad's gonna made it emotional too. So I like it. But, I mean, I, I like them all, but that one was probably my favorite. That was probably a standout moment. Like for me in the mm-hmm. entire series, the episode seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know people grieve differently. <laughs> so Michael was just like, "Look, I'm gonna retire. Forget this." <laughs> and this was this was during the off season, you know, after they won. So yeah. he just was like, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna retire. If it." <laughs> And he's yep. going to go play baseball. And, like, baseball, he's done this since he was a child. His dad wanted him to play baseball. This is a dream of his. So. I understood he why he did it. I understood. Huh? I said I understood, like, why he went to play baseball. I got it. Like, it was a. It was an escape, like, from whatever his normal was. This was an escape. So, I right. understood it. Right. Uh, so he didn't quite play in the ma- He didn't quite p- play in the major leagues. I think he played in like the minor league. Did he play in the minor league? It was like, was it minor? It was like, I think it was minor. I don't. Yeah, he it didn't. Had to he have been minor. No, he didn't play in the major leagues. If he would have stayed playing baseball, he he yeah. he could have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was. So he was an outfielder. That was his position. <laughs> um. So. When he played his first 13 games, he started, um, he had a 13-game winning streak or whatever. So, and then they were saying how, it was like, okay, you got this 13-game winning streak. When is that going to end? You know, like, good things, all good things must come to an end. And it did. And he ended up sucking and striking out and, like, (laughs) like, hitting everything that came to him. But um, he... Yeah, that happened for about like they said a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and so after that, in true MJ fashion, you know, he did work harder, bettered himself. Yeah, right. practice, right, right, and you know, he he eventually got better. He did hit over like two hundred, uh, like two hundred two, I think they said, and um, he had like fifty runs, which is pretty impressive. So, I mean, like dude said, I forgot who said it, but if he would have continued playing baseball, he could have he could have went to the major leagues. So, hey, listen, when his trainer got on there and told him that um you're leaving one sport where your body is shaped for this sport and you're coming to this sport, it's a whole different training. You have to have your body set to play this sport. He transformed his body from being a basketball body into a baseball body. Like, that's Mm. a lot of, first of all, it's dedication. Yeah. hard work and it's determined. It's it's like, so that lets me know that you can do anything you set your mind to. Yeah, for real. And he did it. (laughs) And he did it. And he did like he, like he had never in his life played like baseball at that stage, whether it was major or minor, and it was minor, but he did right. Yeah, but he played like as a kid, so it's kind of not the same. It's like because, like he said, if baseball is actually harder than you think. I mean, yeah. y'all think it's just like swinging a bat, but it's harder than y'all think. So yeah. it's a whole different like because I think baseball, uh. Like I know, so like with basketball, it kind of deals with like um, your upper body, your upper body, or is it baseball? I'm not sure, but it's so, just it's different. So for me, I think that basketball deals more with like your upper body because you have to have a strong center, especially right. if you're gonna be like on defense and bagging people down and like stand within your like your 
section or whatever is more of a right. of an upper body strength. And because if you look, a lot of base, a lot of basketball players are they have really skinny legs. Right. They don't do a lot that I mean I'm sure they do leg work, but it's not like it's not a focal point. <laughs> yeah, it's not a focal point mm -hmm. for them. It's not it's not a focal point. Right. <laughs> And whereas so, baseball, it's a full body, like you run it. It's a full body sport. Man, yes, I, I'm sure that was hard. But <laughs> the funny part about this episode is, I don't know how you would feel about somebody calling you this, but he steady called players or teammates bitches and hoes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like you never ain't gonna call me no bitch or no hoe. First of all, <laughs> that's the way he talked to people, and people right. talk to people like that. And people, I think, I think once you stood up to him and let him know like it doesn't phase you, then he, then he kind of like respected you more. But yeah, he talked to you right. real bad. He talked to right. you real bad, <laughs> real bad. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, it definitely kind of focused on how much of an asshole he really was, and like, but he wanted his teammates to like be better, and he would just make them tougher and stronger and kind of push them to his level of what he wanted them to be playing with him. Especially uh, Scott Burrell. <laughs> oh, man. He was dogging him. Oh, my God. But like you said, he was too nice. Like, you couldn't, like, rile him up. Like, he was just one of them dudes that was just too nice. <laughs> he was dogging Scott Burrell. And Scott Burrell would just sit there and take it. Sir, he where's your <laughs> I'm not taking. I don't care if you are Michael Jordan. I'm not taking this. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Um, and then um, this is this was the season that um, MJ was not a part of the '93 '94 season <clears throat> when he to play baseball. And then so Scottie Pippen was that Michael Jordan of the team at that time. So he was like he stepped up and he was the star player. Um, the team played pretty good without him. They went to yeah. the first round, but they lost. They did go to the first round, but you know. Um, and then that's when Tony Kukoc uh, joined the team. You know, uh, Jerry Krause was trying to get that dude so bad. You know, in the last, uh, <laughs> he was trying to get that dude to come, but he finally got Jerry him to Krause. come. I mean, Jerry Krause. Like, I have to respect the fact that he put this. That he put this dynasty together, but but like, along with the general like, manager or yeah, the, the, course, the yeah, um, yeah, but like or towards the, the end, his ownership was sucky. Oh, he yeah, sucked. he oh, sucked yeah. badly because everybody left. <laughs> he sucked. Um, but um, in one of the plays, it was, I think, uh, I'm not sure what who they played. Oh, it was against the Knicks. It was game three against the Knicks. Um, so Phil Jackson was setting up a play uh, for Kukoc to make the game-winning shot because he did make a lot of those game-winning shots. So Scotty was upset. You know, him being a star player, he's like, why are you having Tony Kukoc make the shot when I'm right here? Like, hello. Right. Hello. And that kind of made me mad because I'm like, dude, like, this is a team sport. Phil Jackson was all about team, a team, a team oriented person. Okay, he's the coach. Let him, let him do this. Okay, he know what he's doing. Okay, and I'm like, if Michael, if Michael, if he would have told Michael that he was going to set up this shot for Tony Kukoc. I believe Michael would have been okay with it because he knew that Kukoc would have been like, okay, I got this. Because he did that with John Pack, uh, Paxson and Steve Kerr. Like, he knew those two dudes was going to shoot that shot if he gave it to him. So I feel like right. Michael would have been okay with that, but Scotty wouldn't have it. I'm like, first of all, he think, what, he think he Michael or something? Like... <laughs> And what really made me, I wasn't mad, I was more so disappointed. You set out. Yeah. Like, you know, like you, instead of you just like um, being a part of this team effort, you let your whole entire team down. Just just because like you aren't taking the game winning shot 
And Cool Coach made the shot. He made. He it. did make the shot, but Phil wanted, but and then Phil wanted Scotty to take the ball out. He was like, "Oh hell no!" So he set out. <laughs> you set out like you let your team down at this point. It was it was yeah, like you turned yeah. your back on this one like we need you most. That's not a team player. That's, that's that that not, was selfish. Very selfish. Yeah, that's very very selfish. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I so, think it took for I think Michael talked to him about it. He called him or whatever. They discussed it and he apologized like he, because like, like he, if you're gonna be on this team, I have to be able to trust you. Yeah, they eventually yeah. lost the series though. Yeah, they <laughs> did lose. Yeah. So and then also Michael Jordan did mention UConn. What was UConn? Yeah, so he did. How you feel yeah, about that? Like a fan, I think it was a fan came in and 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 wanted an autograph. He asked it was, if they. It was a friend of Scott Burrell's, I think. That came yeah, in. yeah. And mm-hmm. he asked, like, where did they go? And and they said Connecticut. And he was like, Yeah, Connecticut got women's basketball too. Hey, <laughs> don't sleep on Connecticut, baby. Don't right. Sleep on right. <laughs> don't sleep. So yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely got emotional at the end, you know. Well, he no, he got emotional actually at the end when he talked about how I don't know if you you seen that, but he kind of teared up when he was talking about like um, him being who he was, you know, you know. So if people are not gonna play to their level, then don't play. So right. I get it, I get it, you know. Like if yeah. I'm working on, I've felt like that when I worked in group projects in like high school, like or college. Like if I'm giving my all You can give yours. And you not, like the heck you here for? Like or I'm telling so you so like, Listen, I had that happen to me at Webster. I was I was in a group project and one person <laughs> was not pulling their load. I'm not finna do the entire project. Listen, let's cut their percentage down because they ain't doing their work. <laughs> Get no right, so I don't know if he got. I don't know if he got emotional because of the fact that people just think he a bad person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know for how for you know you know just wanting his teammates to be better. Like I don't, I don't know if that's why he got emotional, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe it was because like people thought he was too rough. He was too hard on people. Like he wasn't. Like, I think people think you're supposed to, like, coddle your teammates and, like, and give them pats on the back and make them feel appreciated. We heard for, listen, I know we're teammates, but the goal is to win. And the and the ultimate goal is to win a championship. So, right. like, if, if, if you can't stand tough love and me beating you down, opponents are going to run over you. You have to be able to stand your own. And so, I think in the... In the instance with Steve Kerr, because like he was picking on Steve Kerr too, Steve Kerr hauled off. I think Steve Kerr hit him or something. Mm-hmm. And then Mike he, punched him in the eye. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then, like after that moment, like he gains. I believe, I believe that moment is when Mike um, respected Steve Kerr after that. Like yeah. you can stand up for yourself. Like you cannot be a part of my team or whatever, and you, you can't defend yourself in, at least against me, and we're teammates. Right. So, and I got it. And 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 I think, and I think he understood, too, that everybody isn't going to work or play at his level, but at least if you can at least try to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Try. If you don't try, <laughs> that's a problem. Right, because like he said, like, he's not going to ask his teammates to do something that he's not going to do. So, facts. come on now. Facts. Big yeah. facts. But anyway, that was episode seven was great. Now, on to episode eight. So, the top of the episode touched on the um, 1998 uh, Eastern Conference semifinals with the Hornets. And uh, BJ Armstrong um, was with the Hornets <laughs> at the time. He was a, he was a former, former Bulls. You know, so he, he felt cocky, he, baby. He felt he knew how to beat them just because he played alongside Michael Jordan. Okay, he was, yeah, baby, he was he like was he Okay, he was like he was like I know the like he was like like he was like I know them. I know what they gonna do. I know the routine. Man, right, the cockiness of it all. 
I mean, they won. I mean, hey, I give it to them. They won the first game. He got cocky after that uh, three-point lead they had. (laughs) And he made that shot. He got cocky. I'm like, okay. So you should know better. You should know. In front of the bench. (laughs) It takes for one small comment or one small infraction just to ignite Michael Jordan's dog in him. It it just takes one small thing. One. Mm -hmm. And you gloating was that one thing. <laughs> yep. So they also brought up the whole, which I didn't like. I said we was young, we didn't know, but they brought up the whole uh, LeBradford uh, Smith uh, incident where he scored thirty seven points on Michael Jordan. Uh, this is this was when it was the Washington Bullets. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is this was ninety three. Okay, <laughs> so he scored thirty seven points against uh, Michael Jordan in Chicago in their hometown, and then. Um, I think Michael made up this whole story that LeBradford Smith was like, he like put his arm on his shoulder. It was like nice game or something like that. Yeah, he made it up. And yeah, he made it up. Right. right. So that kind of fueled him next game. Of course, he was scored 36 points in the first half alone. The first half alone. <laughs> well, the first half. Okay. Against LeBradford Smith in Washington. <laughs> And here's but, my thing like, about Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I like that he, he can take just the smallest infraction to motivate him for the next game. If that's, that's how you got to do it, right there. If that's how you got to do it, then do it. Man. I get it. That's I get his it. motivation. Right but yeah, so I appreciate that. Like, um, that's his motivation. That it takes the smallest infraction. It don't take much. You have to be able to motivate yourself to want to win against an opponent, and Michael Jordan was the epitome of that. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Right. Now, in the episode, um, he was still playing baseball at the time, but um, there was a baseball strike in uh, 94, um, and the Major League tried to start the season with replacement uh, players. But MJ was like, uh, no, <laughs> not doing it. So he was like, he just quit. So, <laughs> Lisa, I'm so um, yeah. So MJ uh, was working out with his old teammates, his Bulls teammates. Okay. You no, know, he called a, I think, uh, BJ Armstrong and uh, to come. Hang out, and he ended up doing like workouts or whatever with the team, and everybody was like, "Oh, speculating, like, oh my god, is he coming back? Is he coming back?" And uh, sure enough, <laughs> his return statement was, "I'm back." That was it. That's all. You <laughs> that was it. That's all that you need. It. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't like no long drawn out soliloquy. Was it? It was just like, "I'm back." No, I decided to take my talents back to the NBA. Like, none of that. Yeah, it wasn't none of that. It was just, (laughs) is that a jab at LeBron? Is that a jab? Is it? Is it? Nah. He's talents to South Beach, you know. (laughs) But um, he came back in, like, the late, uh, in, like, the 94, 95 season. He came back pretty late, like, in March. My thing was, we know that you conditioned your body for baseball at this point. So your body's not used to playing at a physical level basketball. Right. So my thing was, why didn't he just wait that season out, get his body right, train, and then come back that next season? I don't know if he just wanted to come back now, but in a way, huh? He could have, and it's probably just just a competitor in him. You, you never right. know his his mindset, right? But either way, I mean, the team was struggling at that at that season. Uh, they were like under, they were barely over five hundred, and their record was like thirty four, thirty one. <laughs> okay, but um, at that time, they also lost Horace Grant. He was like mm-hmm. the big man, which they didn't have anymore. Uh, so he went to the Magic. So he played his first game and he still wore the number 45 um, when he wore, when he was in baseball. But he felt like uh, when he came back with the number 45, he felt like 
It was a new beginning for him. Um, you know, and his first time playing without his father. And then he yeah. also wore that number in high school, he said. So I'm like, it was it's kind of weird seeing seeing him in forty five, <laughs> the Bulls jersey. And then he said he had his uh uh basketball shorts on backwards. I'm like, this dude tripping. <laughs> yeah, he was not prepared. It was mm, like he no. wasn't mentally prepared. Like his, his no. I think he was there physically, his mind wasn't there just yet. Which is why I think he should have just sat out and and his guy's mind right and I don't know. But I don't think I they ever mentioned like why he did that, like why he went straight. Yeah. To think, if they did, I don't remember it, but I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. Um but what I do know is that like after that first game, I, I'm not sure if it was a news article or somebody made a comment to him, but they was like I'm forty five ain't the real or or forty five no. is not the twenty three Jordan. Something no, like that. that was no, that was um that was Nick Anderson of the Magic. Okay. He, after they won that first game, he was like Man, 45 ain't 23. And then he was like, oh, shoot. That's when Michael changed his jersey back to 23 and clowned. Clowned <laughs> that, yeah, that was Nick Anderson that said that, yeah. They yeah. always messing with him. I swear to God. <laughs> they better stop messing with him. They always but, messing with him. Like, he don't be bothering y'all. Y'all just be wanting to fight <laughs> for what? So, yeah, he changed it back to 23 and they won game two. Um, the next year, they faced the Magic again, uh, and they swept them. Sweet. Swept them. Pull out the broom. Sweet. Um, and then uh, they faced the Supersonics, Seattle Supersonics. That's when your boo used to play it, right? <laughs> yeah, he about the Supersonics. He was a Supersonic. Mm-hmm. But um, that was Gary Payton and uh, Sean Kemp. Listen, yeah. Gary Payton... Great player. Love. <laughs> but he made this comment like I can t- like I wasn't scared of MJ. I was gonna take him like I was ready for him. Michael was watching it on that iPad and he was just cracking up. He was like, I wasn't worried about the glove. <laughs> like He wasn't worried about that man. <laughs> and it's just it's just so funny to see, like it's funny to hear all these players like give their side and just and just like how confident they felt because like they all was they were wait hold on my dog's growling shut up it's your tail stop it okay but they were all just extra confident in the fact that like this is my moment my year i'm finna take michael jordan down no right and actually episode eight is when um they played on Father's okay. Day, Seattle Sonics. So okay. our bad. It was episode eight. Um, so yeah, uh, like you said, he said he wasn't worried about him. He was Father's Day. That's what he was worried about. So yeah, like he wasn't worried about him at all. No, nah. yeah. But they was down. They was down three zero. They the Supersonics were losing three zero. Gary Payton was like that whole time he wasn't like defending Michael. So. But if he would have, if he would have started out the series like defending Michael, kind of distracting him or whatever he was talking about, it might have went a little different. That series might have yeah. went a little different. If Drew, yeah. I think George Hall was the coach at the time, right? And I think he was the coach when they went somewhere and he didn't speak. Like I think Michael said hi to him and he just kept walking. No, I think it was a different team. It was? Listen, yeah, I think. It was too many people oh. who was being rude to Michael Jordan, and and y'all was fueling his fire because he was, <laughs> he was whipping all y'all ass. It probably was. I think I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I think it but, was him. It was a coach. Yeah. I know it was a coach. They was out at dinner. I think it was a team dinner, and the coach was there. He spoke, and then that man ignored him like he wasn't there. Right. So, you know that people You learn your lesson. <laughs> Uh, but um, all right. Episode nine. Oh, last two. I'm just, I'm just so sad. I know. Oh. So I was like, I did not, I did, I wasn't looking forward to to last two because I'm like, it's the end. Okay, it I was came so way good. too fast. It came too fast. I know. It was getting so good. <laughs> but 
But now episode nine, it opened up with um, MJ's rivalry with Reggie Miller. Now, I, mean, I, I cannot stand Reggie Miller. Okay. I was never I a fan. A I was not a fan of Reggie Miller. Okay. Did he ever win a championship? No. No. I don't think I don't think so. But he, he was like the three point shooter. He was the three point shooter. I'll give him that. He, yeah, I will give him that. He is the three point shooter. Yeah. And it's so funny because like all these teams they go up against, they'd be like, Oh man. Like they think like these teams that come play against the Bulls, they feel like they were always the better of the superior team. I'm just like, dude. And, and he felt like that. Like he was like, I felt that yeah. we were the better team. Like because like, they had Mark Jackson, they had Mark. Oh, was it Jalen Rose at the time? I forgot. No, I think it was, was Jalen Rose. No, Mark Jackson. And they had no, Jaylen no, Rose. it was Jalen Rose. I'm sure it was Mark Rose. Jackson a few years earlier. Okay, right. Jalen Rose. I forgot who else they had, but. Yeah, that team was kind of st- uh, kind of stacked. So, and Larry Bird was their coach for the first. That was his first year as the, as the Pacers coach, right? Yep. Um, and he's played with Michael, so you know, Larry Bird. I'm talking about, but um, um, they also talked about Game Five of the Utah Jazz series in <laughs> the infamous flu game. Food poisoning, baby! It's food poisoning. <laughs> We didn't know at the time. Everybody thought it was a flu game. <laughs> it was a flu. It was food poisoning. He had ate pizza the, the night before. Pizza. Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. So the night before the game, he had ate some pizza. The whole pizza by himself. And was well, no. So, so it was like the night before the game, game five. He got hungry. It was, he said it was like him, three other people, and a couple of uh, security people, whatever. So it was about probably like five or six people there, I'm assuming. Yeah. So they said everything was it was like ten thirty at night. The um the hotel like uh bar or lobby or whatever, kitchen, whatever was closed. Uh everything was closed except for this one pizza spot. <laughs> so they ordered went to order the pizza and five people delivered one pizza. <laughs> Which is kind of just to see him, probably right. Why is five people delivering one pizza anyway? So, dude, I forgot who the dude was, but he paid for the pizza, whatever. He had a funny feeling about it. MJ, MJ claimed he ate that whole pizza by himself, which I don't know. I can believe that. I can listen. I feel like a lot of people can eat a whole pizza by themselves. I feel I definitely can eat a whole whole pizza by myself. I definitely can, especially emo pizza. (laughs) Can, can, yep. <laughs> so okay, I, I can see, see that. Yeah. You know, but um, so he ate the pizza by himself, and he also said that the other people that was in the, in the room with him didn't get sick, so they might not have eaten the pizza. Yeah. But okay. So and then about they said about two thirty in the morning, he was throwing up, and then like at three p.m. they called somebody to come to the room because he was balled up, curled up in the it was ball. His trainer. It was his trainer. Yeah, his trainer. Okay, yeah. So he said he was curled up in a little ball. Um, and so the next game, Phil was like, man, you sure you can play? And MJ was like, look, it's game five, okay? I'm finna do I what I can do. <laughs> right, I'm finna do what I can do. <laughs> so he went out there and balled out. I think he made he played 44 minutes, made 38 points. And he was Ooh. sick. And I mean, he was mm-hmm. like, Sweat and and you already sweat like in a basketball game, but he he like he was overly sweating. Mm-hmm. Man, he was tired. Like he was leaning on Scottie Pippen walking off the floor. He was like he was done for. But the fact mm-hmm. that we for this many years thought it was the flu game and it was food poisoning. Yeah, the whole time. All these years we thinking it's the it's flu, it's the flu. <laughs> this man had food poisoning. <laughs> Crazy, but but I say that to say that I say that to say that it's all about your mindset. A, a lot of people, when they are this sick, they they still don't play. Mm-hmm. He played, yeah. And I'm not saying the players who don't play are weak. It's just a different mindset, right? No, some people can play through stuff like yeah. that. So, and he was mm-hmm. one of them people. If he a mentor. <laughs> It's right. It's a. It's all mental. You exaggerate. It is all mental. 
Mm-hmm. All mental. Yep. And then the coach. I was thinking like the Utah Jazz coach. I was just gonna say you. His press conference. They asked him. They asked him like, so you knew Michael was sick, and he was like, he was sick. He didn't even. He didn't even know. I think he lying. Well, I don't know this dude was sick, but okay. But whatever. <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Um. So also, what I didn't know. Um. So the whole thing with Steve Kerr's dad. I didn't know about that. That was news to me. Me too. Uh, yeah. I felt that like him cool. and Mike could have... I think that him and Mike... I think they bonded after he stood up to him. But I think they could have bonded more about that as well. Like, well, they didn't... Like, I, think they, I, think, what, I think Steve Kerr said they didn't really talk about their yeah. fathers. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, just like, I'm just saying like if, if they did talk about it... That could have been a moment, like for them. But I get it; it's personal. Like you don't always want to share personal life, and like and y'all just teammates. But y'all teammates like for half the year, like for more than half the year. But like, I I learned a lot more about Steve Kerr doing episode nine, I believe, and like yeah. and he gained a lot of my respect. Like he, like he said, he was a low draft pick. He was picked by. I don't think he's. I don't think he was a draft pick. He's, uh, I he think said he said he, he wasn't very. Draft. No, no, no. He said he was a very, very low draft pick. Oh, okay. So he was drafted, um, and he wasn't, and he went to a college. He was almost undrafted. No, he, no, he, no. He wasn't recruited for college, and and some team offered him a scholarship. He took it, and he was playing there. And his dad was the president of a college in Beirut and mm-hmm. with, and with whatever was going on there, they at the time like did not like Americans. His dad, he stood out like a sore thumb. Right. Two men were in the classroom, like, you know, like poised as students. They shot him square face in the head. And like, and for a child to like get that news in the middle of the night about your parent, I know they probably messed him up really bad, but his mom said he took that and just continuously like went to the gym. He continued to play. Like, yeah, I learned. But it was actually, when it, it. yeah, when he when he played college ball, like it was actually I forgot what city they went to, but it was it was people in the stands like actually like taunting him about his dad's death. Like that's crazy, stupid. But he ended up beating their ass. But they the t- the team that he played. Again, it's in a beating the ass, so you know you guys are being. That's crazy. Still, that's kind of stupid. Stupid, but I. But for me though, I I learned a lot more about Steve Kerr. Like he gained a lot more of my respect. Um, and he's an amazing player in his own right. Like he's an amazing coach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I think the moment. I think with us learning his story, it brought us to the moment with with him making that shot in the game, like. Like, hey, like that's your moment, Steve. This is your moment. Right. He was ready for his moment, and he mm-hmm. made the shot. And hey, the rest is history. Yeah, especially because I think John Paxson actually took him under his wing his last season. Yep. He played with the Bulls and kind of just told him, like, look, this what this what Michael gonna need. So <laughs> this is what and you just need. Beat to her do. when he ready. And right. <laughs> Exactly. And so I, I think that's, and I think, and this is just me. I don't play the sport. I, I don't play basketball. But I think when you have a veteran and they take you underneath your wing and and they show you what's needed, listen, learn from it, take it all in. Because like at any moment, they can be you. And Steve Kerr took all of that, and he had his moment as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the and what I learned after the fact, like the other day, I learned this yesterday on the on the Instagram app. I learned that Steve Kerr won three championships, like with the Bulls. The very next year, he won another one with the Spurs. So yeah, I was gonna that was gonna be at the end, but yeah, he he's actually the first player in fifty years to win a, to have four rings in a row, basically. So. Cause he went with the uh, San Antonio Spurs, and they ended up winning the '99 season after the Bulls won in '98. Uh, so yeah, he just happened to be with the, yeah. in the right place at the right time. Listen, four P lucky, four P lucky, four P isn't he lucky? Uh, 
right. And also in episode nine, they touched on uh, Gus, who was like a second father to Michael Jordan. He's a pretty guard. That part was sad to me, man. But um, like he had to have him at all times with him. But yeah, that was that was touching. And you can tell that like um just from just from just from hearing them talk about Gus and the other security guards, I believe Mike had them same security guards like from the very beginning. They protected that man. They would play like the little quarter game in the locker room. First first of all, y'all are here playing quarters great. But I think his and Gus's wife, um I I like what she said when she was like Mike used to call us at like two in the morning or he would call Gus and would just be crying because he missed his dad so much. And Gus became like that father figure for him. Another moment that made Michael Jordan seem human. Mm-hmm. Like you get all of these. Yeah. So this this whole 10 part documentary, it gave you moments that made this man like who was a mini like he is the GOAT, but I guess they made him godlike. He's human. He has feelings. He mm-hmm. has moments. He cries. Like it was just like he's a person. Right. I knew that, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it this brought it to light. And and yeah. I like and those moments were my favorite moments of the whole ten part documentary. Yeah. Um and so we're gonna go into episode ten. But speaking of showing his human side, I think episode 10 kind of showed it more. Um, his kids were in that one. Yeah, his kids was in that one. Speaking of his kids. His kids are grown. <laughs> they are dope. His sons is fine. <laughs> Boing, <laughs> his sons is fine. And his daughter is gorgeous. She looks, she looks just like him. Like, just he just like had him. a baby. Who? He just had a baby. Who, Michael? The daughter. Oh, the daughter just had a baby? Okay. Yep. So, first of all, in episode 10, it opens up with, first of all, seeing Michael Jordan jamming to some Kenny Lattimore. (laughs) He was like... I I needed to see that. It was everything. (laughs) but, But then he was like, a me and him personal friends. Okay. Yeah, he, was like, he got the hookup. He got the new music. Like, yeah, like come on and gloat, then. Like, come on, right. Why don't you? Why don't you? But me and him jamming. Like, I'm just like, I didn't know I needed to see this. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't exactly. Like, that was awesome. Uh, but <laughs> uh, so the Bulls. This is this is the whole ninety seven ninety eight season. This is the focus, okay? This is the fun. This is this is the last dance. The last dance. So the Bulls go up against the Utah Jazz for the second consecutive year, and I think I think uh, Utah. This is the only two years that the Utah actually made it to the finals. Was the, <laughs> the, ones that they went against, the ones they went against the Bulls? The only two times that they made it to the finals. So and they lost both. <laughs> That makes me laugh. You have Carl Malone, Scotty Pippen, John Stockton. I mean, I mean John Stockton. I'm tripping. I said Scotty Pippen, but yeah, John Stockton. Man, was they okay? Okay, so question: Was the start of the finals was this before or was this during the time when Dennis Rodman went to go wrestle? This, this, the second finals was the, the the time that. Dennis Rodman win. We gonna talk about that. But um, so game three. Okay, game three of the finals. The Bulls held Utah Jazz at fifty four points. That's embarrassing. It's first of all at, at halftime. The Utah Jazz were at forty nine points. So you mean to tell me they only scored five points in them last two quarters? That that's. You gotta have impressive defense to be able to stop them at fifty-four points the whole game. Like your defense was impeccable, at, along with the incredible offense. I think the score was like ninety-something to fifty-four. Like what? 
That is unheard of. Yeah. That's really sad and very unfortunate. In in that in that decade, like the way the game yeah, that's was played, yeah, the way the game was played during that time to be able to hold a team fifty four points, and you got you got Carl Malone and John Stockton, bro. That's embarrassing. Especially in a final game, dog. <laughs> this is the finals. This ain't no regular season game. It's embarrassing oh. and impressive at the same time. <laughs> it's embarrassing for the Jazz, impressive for the Bulls. Yep, all at the same time. Man. And that, like the, that Jazz, the, the Jazz had a parade. I was so confused. They had a parade? Like, Yeah, like the city had a parade before one of the games. I was just... They was doing a lot. But I will say, unlike unlike many people like who were speaking about this series, said like the Jazz like were they felt they felt the series would go seven games, but because the Jazz were a really 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 good team, mm-hmm. which they were, they were, yeah, yeah, I give them that they yeah. were. Um, so in this game. First of all, Dennis Dennis Rodman is is the goat. I don't care what nobody say. He is a goat in his own right. Okay. Hey, this dude was doing any and everything. So this dude leaves after Game Three. After they demolished the Utah Jazz in Game Three, this dude goes to Michigan to go wrestle with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Unexcused absence. Okay. Excuse. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a no call, no show. It was a no call. No call, no show. Okay. What I like about no, what I love about Dennis Robin is that he don't give a bleep. He don't care. Yeah. He do not care. But, also Phil, like, but Phil Jackson didn't care either. I also liked how Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson knew that he was different and knew that you. Yeah. Had to, and Phil Jackson knew you had to handle him a certain way. You had to handle right. Rodman a certain way to get what you wanted out of him. Exactly. But my and thing Phil is Jackson with, with Dennis Rodman, yeah, he was like the bad boy in the NBA. Like, I don't know any other bad boys before him. I just knew Dennis Rodman was. But, yeah. like, to me, it didn't, his bad boy image didn't overshadow his game at all. Because, he don't always give his all on the court, no matter what. Like as long as this dude show up, that's all that matters. That's all you need to He's know. Present. He He's present. He's he present. He don't show. He don't do the work. He don't do it. Yeah. Just let him do what he want. As long as he come <laughs> on today's game and play his butt off, which he did. That's all. That's that's all you need. That's all. Like, yeah. I mean, through all of his craziness and his uniqueness. When he was there and he was present, he did his job. Oh, he did. He did. He, he did. He, he did his job. And I say this all the time. I don't care what people do in their personal life. As long as you show up and do your job and do it well, and it, we good money. And it don't really affect your your game. We good money. Right. <laughs> but he um, did his job. exactly. So it all. So in game six now. Uh, Scotty had a, a back injury. And his, listen, Scotty, yes. I don't care what you say about him. And I know that we all feel like Scotty needed a better payoff, or we was really mad about Scotty, like not like he let his team down in that one game. All of that. That man played through a back injury. Do you know how bad? It, do you know if a lower back injury that takes out your function to move your body? If he was, Ooh. if you can go to the bag and have them like work you out for five minutes and come back on the court and be a decoy, you one of the toughest people I know. Yeah, but but then it resulted in Michael Jordan having to play so many minutes. I think he played almost the majority of the whole game. Yeah. So dude was tired, okay, having to carry this team. But I'm glad. I'm just glad at the fact that Scotty Pippen was not selfish and he went back out there. To help his team, because if Michael Jordan played through a freaking through freaking food poisoning, and you know how we feel when we have food poisoning, that that's not it's not a good feeling. So yeah. the fact that Scotty went out there and did what he had to do for his team to be a decoy, and who know who knows if he wasn't a decoy, that game would have turned out different too. Yeah, because he was but I that game being a decoy. 
I just appreciate that just because of the fact that like I know what it feels like to have a back injury and it is not great. Like mm-hmm. you cannot move and like the um the trainer was saying that he was losing like momentum in his movement. So it was because yeah, he, he was it was that painful. But, but for him to have the mindset of like, well, no, like work me out a little bit or give me a heating pad or whatever and then sing back out there, I'll be a decoy. And he said mm-hmm. I was a decoy that whole game. Yeah. One time I said, I think I seen a play where he actually fell on his back. I'm like, oh, I know that hurt. Woo. Yeah. Woo. But kudos but just to him. The fact that he that did it, I have so much respect for a lot of people in his documentary just because of what they played through. Like, mm-hmm. right. Like, players today will, will never do that. <laughs> Anyway, so game six was like the epitome of game six was like the epitome of a playoff game, okay? Then you yeah. got Rodman, Dennis Rodman, and Carmelo going at each other, okay? They knocking each other in the jaw and shit and crap. Like, you got Pippen with an injury. You got the mental toughness from the Utah Jazz. You got a close back and forth game. A like, tight Michael Jordan. A tire, Michael, the down to the wire shots. Speaking yep. of that, <laughs> during the last minute, where it was like under a minute, it was like 41 seconds. Man, man, Jordan, so do you think Michael, huh? So, I was gonna actually like, like, do you think that he pushed off of um, oh, we'll like, get to that, we'll get to that. Okay. But Jordan scored, um, he scored uh, under that 41 seconds. So he scored, and they were down a point, which got them to 31 seconds left. Okay, Utah had the ball. Uh, Michael Jordan stole the ball from Carmelo on his weak side. He didn't see him. I think Scottie Pippen was guarding him, but Michael came on his. It was, uh, it was Dennis right Rodman. Was the, so it was Dennis oh Dennis Rodman. Okay, okay, okay. So and then Michael Jordan stole the ball, so he got the ball. Okay, all right. So he all Michael Jordan needed. All Michael Jordan needed was just that right moment to shoot the ball. He was gonna do it like he wasn't passing the ball to nobody. If y'all, yeah. I got the ball. I'm finna, <laughs> I'm finna make this shot. So me personally, I don't feel like he pushed off on Russell. I, I he definitely did not push off. He didn't even barely put like he barely he pushed barely the dude. Touched him. No, so he, he touched it, but he wasn't going that way. Like, he was already going that way. Right. But he definitely did not just go. He did not push that dude at all. So, But but in that moment, so, so after he stole the ball from Carmelo, so Michael said he looked at Phil Jackson because they could have took a timeout, but Phil Jackson just did not call it because in his mind, he was like, if if... <laughs> If we can make a play without them having the time to like draw up their own defense, we yeah. can make like something happen here, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Um. So I think uh, they they um used up a lot of time because it was like when he made that yeah. shot, it was like five seconds left. So yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but people are like, oh my god, he pushed off Russell. No, he didn't. No, no, he, did, no he did not. No. But um, he made the shot. It was uh, 90-88. Five seconds left. Uh, Utah at the ball. Stockton uh, took the last shot. Missed. And uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. That's, that's number six for Michael Jordan, baby. That's number six. Two three-peats. Two three-peats. Man, man, I just can't believe it's over. I know, man. Dude, everybody like was high off that win, bro. And I'm not talking yeah. literally; I'm talking figuratively. <laughs> well, maybe and a little I literally. Also, yeah. I also liked how at the end of that whole season, the the championship, how they knew th- this was their last dance. Well, and they so, knew because they were told it was. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and they were told that. And so, like, mm-hmm. when that season ended for them, I, I like how um Steve Kerr said that Phil Jackson uh, put together, like, a little bonfire for them, and they all came to that um little bonfire and and wrote out a message or or whatever. On what the team said, meant like, to how them. They, yeah, mm-hmm. that's so beautiful. 
that, that's that 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 zen feel feel way. That's that yoga. <laughs> that's that yoga right? feel Jackson had to do it. Um, but I also I like the fact that. I also like the fact that Carl Malone actually went on the bus and congratulated him. I thought that was a classy move, you know. Isaiah Thomas, where are you? My bad. I'm, 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 you don't shake hands. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I thought that was very classy. So it was. Yeah. Um. So 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 overall, I feel like this was an amazing um, ten part. This was an amazing ten part documentary series. Um. It, it it gave you it gave you insight. It gave you perspective. It gives you if you don't have the motivation to like do something, this gives you that, right? Especially in the sports world. Yeah, this I gives you athletes. Yeah, but um, so with the episode ten ending off, so they basically was telling what happened after the season ended. So Michael Jordan, uh ended up returning so he retired after that again uh, <laughs> for the second time yes and then he eventually came back in 2001 when he played for the washington wizards we all remember that right for like two seasons <laughs> which they actually sucked um yeah he couldn't take them to the playoffs so um, that was the end of that so he officially retired for, for the third time <laughs> Scotty Pippen, uh, after that 97-98 season, he was traded to the uh, Rockets for that uh, next season. And then he was ultimately traded to the Trailblazers, which I don't know if you knew that, but he played for like four seasons. Or whatever. Oh, you know that? Yeah, he played for the Trailblazers, and then he went back to the Bulls. Okay. Uh, this is when John Paxson was the general manager, and he brought him back, but he didn't really play that well. So that was the end of that. Steve Kerr, which we mentioned, um, he got traded to the Spurs and ended up winning his fourth <laughs> ring. <laughs> the GOAT, he won his fourth ring. And then Dennis Rodman. So he was released from the Bulls and um, he joined the Lakers for a no uh, for a prorated salary for the rest of the uh, season. But he ended up getting released from there too. So, but his behavior kind of alienated him from the NBA. He didn't really want because at one point he did play the, for the Dallas Mavericks and Steve Nash was there at the time. And Steve Nash was just like, dude, was not motivated at all. I mean, Dennis Rodman said himself, like, all he wanted to do was play basketball and F girls and just have fun. Yeah. Like, that was his whole thing. He wasn't trying to, he didn't have that mindset of Michael Jordan, like, win games. I mean, yeah. Like, and it, and, and this is this is just me to have Dennis Rodman play at his full potential. He has to have the teammates that's going to back him for that. And these other teams probably didn't have that. He got that when he played for the Bulls. Like, he got that in Michael Jordan. He got that in Phil Jackson as the coach. So that's I, a good point. So I can see why he didn't um, feel that with his other teams. I can definitely That's a good that. point. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. Yep. And as we all know, Phil Jackson went to the Lakers. Went on to win five more, okay? Five yeah. more. Boom, boom. Crazy. Didn't he uh, coach for the Knicks too at one point? After so that? he didn't coach the Knicks. Um, he was the owner. Now, the Phil Jackson who owned the Knicks is a different Phil Jackson from Phil Jackson as the coach for the Bulls and the Lakers. Don't compare the two because Phil Jackson is one of the greatest basketball coaches out here. One of the greatest. I think Popovich is, is an amazing coach too. But, yeah. but for me, Phil Jackson is one of the greatest ones. Yeah. And his, and you can tell that his team, especially the Bulls, they they like to that they oh, adapted yeah. to the triangle offense. I mean, which which was later brought to the Lakers, you know. Yeah, but um, to the Warriors. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So um, listen, I feel great series. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I felt like I got a. Like, if you didn't like Michael Jordan, the first six episodes probably changed your mind the last four. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some people just don't like him. But That's like prerogative. I, I understand him. I understood Kobe, and I understand Michael Jordan. So, yeah. they're from the same cloth. So, I get it. I get it. Like, yeah. 
But like I said, we was young when this happened. And to finally get the full scope as an adult of what really happened behind the scenes, put everything into perspective. It's pretty (laughs) neat. I like it. Yeah. So So if if they if they were to do this again with another team or player, like who would you want to see? I think I because I've seen the Lakers play during the uh, '99 and '01 seasons. I wouldn't want to see that uh, just because I just because I already knew yeah. what was going on. I watched it, yeah. But I would be interested in seeing actually the uh, Spurs. Because they won five championships in fifteen years, like they were pretty dominant in like the early two early two thousands, because they was winning like every other year. Like, yeah, they was they they were they was a good team too. Like Popovich, like that was one heck of a yeah. team. So I would definitely want to see that. So I would want to see it's still bad, but like it's not NBA. Um, I would want to see. A documentary about UConn women's basketball team because because like they don't have a thirty for thirty, so whether it's so whether it's a thirty for thirty or something like this, I would want to see them, especially because like they have eleven national championships and they won four in a row. Right, that would be good too. It's like they won four in a row and then they've also run two in a row and then they won three in a row. So I would I would mm-hmm. I would want to see that whole all of it. They're That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that'd be All interesting. Same coach. Same but coach. I mean, I don't know how much I'll see. People don't be. I don't know who taking footage, so we we don't know. Man. Like, but I think that would be. I'm just, gonna start docu- I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna start documenting my life just in case. Come on now. <laughs> just documentary. Like, I'm just gonna start documenting everything. <laughs> Come on, documentary. <laughs> I this was just a great episode, guys. Great, great yeah. episode. But you know what was funny? You know what was funny? Like I was watching like ESPN and all these like news outlets were saying, "Oh, these last episodes nine and ten are going to be juicy," and I can't believe they Michael let them screen these episodes. Like, what was I see nothing juicy about these last two episodes? Like, okay, they just wanted us, they just wanted us to tune in. We was going to tune in yeah. anyway. And I'm like, what's just say tune in, because I was going to watch anyway. Right, but with nothing juicy. I was looking for the juicy stuff. I'm like, I ain't seen episode 9, so like maybe it's in episode 10. I ain't seen nothing. It wasn't oh, my God. It was just really good. <laughs> right. But All right, yeah. so I'm going to plug us one more time. Um, if, if you do not follow us on Instagram, our Instagram is WDWKAS Podcast. Make and sure our Twitter you click the link in the Make sure you click the link in the bio to buy the merchandise. Again, it is WDWKAS Podcast on Instagram. Yes, and our Twitter is What Do Women Know? One, and that's K N O number one. Also, find us on YouTube. It's WDWKAS Podcast as well. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a like, comment, share, all of that good stuff. Yeah. As always, I am Brino. And I'm Vicky D. We will see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Hey, man, what the do y'all know about sports?